0: SB Nation and Underdog Dynasty present the Underdog Podcast. Welcome into another edition of the Underdog Dynasty Sunbelt Podcast. My name is Matt Miguez. I am the Louisiana writer for Underdog. And it is good to be back behind this microphone. It's been a couple weeks since I've been able to be on the show. But I'm back, and joining me, as he always does, is my man, Brian Stone, our Georgia Southern writer. Brian, what's going on, man?
1: Not much, man. Just uh, just back to talk another week of uh, of Sun Belt football. Um, I'm doing a lot better than the team that I root for is right now.
0: <laughs> right, right. You know, it's funny. I stepped outside today, and, and for those of you that don't know, uh, I live in South Louisiana, and it is incredibly hot for nine months out of the year. Uh, today, this morning I stepped outside and it was a crisp 66 degrees. And I said, okay, I can get used to this. That, that first, that first weather change of the year.
1: Yeah. Not to is, get too deep into, to weather talk. Cause this isn't the weather channel podcast. Right. but Uh, here it rained all day and the high was 59. <laughs>
0: What a life. (laughs) What a life you live in Kentucky, Mr. Stone. Yeah. (laughs) It's all right. It's
1: it's getting crispy though, for sure. You can tell like looking at the highs for next week, they're in like the mid seventies. I'm ready for it.
0: Oh man. That sounds fantastic. Let's get into some, that's football weather. Yeah, for sure. That's football weather. Let's get into some football talk. You know, it's crazy. We're already in week four of the college football season. Last week was an interesting one for the Sun Belt. Uh, some big wins, some big losses. We'll talk about all of it, and we'll start with the Thursday night primetime game from last week. Louisiana hosting Ohio and pretty much dominating them. Start to finish 49-14. to 14, uh, Freshman running back Montrell Johnson. 13 carries, 84 yards, 4 rushing touchdowns for the freshman out of New Orleans. Levi Lewis, rather efficient, 21-29, 212 yards, one touchdown and an interception. You know, Brian, this was just kind of a game where Louisiana scored a touchdown halfway through the first quarter, got one early in the second. Ohio cut the lead in half. Louisiana scores right before halftime to make it 21-7. to And then in the second half, Louisiana outscores Ohio 28-7 to to just run away with it in the second half. You know this this game as as the Louisiana writer, it, it's interesting because this was a game where Louisiana did not play their best football game, and yet you still won by five touchdowns.
1: Well, let me ask you this: since I'm sure you were very plugged into this game, what changed from the first half to the second half? I
0: mean, un- under Billy Napier, we've always been a second half team. It, it's always been a you know. If you're up 7-14 going into the locker room, you're going to run away with the game because Billy Napier is an adjustments coach. Mm-hmm. He's that type of coach that he watches the first 30 minutes on the field and figures out what he has to do to improve in the second half, and it just gets done. Um, I think and I think another big thing was we totally dominated them in the line of scrimmage. Offensive and defensive lines just completely dominated them all night long. And in the second half, I think Ohio was just exhausted. And so Louisiana kind of just had their way with them. But uh, definitely a confidence builder for the Cajuns after the first two games. And now we look forward to opening conference play against Georgia Southern on Saturday.
1: Well, that shouldn't be too difficult. (laughs) The way that we've opened the season. Shouldn't be too. They, I, I'm gonna be. I, I don't want to step on us previewing the, that game very much. But if we keep playing like we have the first three games, it's gonna look like a lot like this Ohio game that you guys just played.
0: I mean, I hope not. I hope that you Ohio. I, I mean, Georgia Southern can can figure out a way to give us a game. And man, you know, I, I've told you this before. I hate going to Paulson.
1: I I think the problem though with going to Paulson is like, if we had looked solid the first two weeks, two, three weeks of the season, right? I think Paulson on Saturday would be jamming. And I think it would be a real problem for you guys to come there. With that said, the way that they've just come out like a deflated balloon, the first three weeks, like, I wouldn't be shocked if there weren't 15,000 people at the game. You think? I I mean the if you're a student at Georgia Southern right now, unless you grew up a Georgia Southern fan, let's say you're a new student coming in. You're watching this team on the field? Right, right. What? Unless you grew up a fan and were raised in like a Georgia Southern household, why would you go watch them I mean, I hate to say it, like I'm a Georgia Southern fan, but like realistically, like I when I went to Georgia Southern in 2010, I had no connections to the school before I went. Now, the way that they played that season, like under Jeff Monk and stuff, got me into the game, or and got me into the style of offense and all that kind of stuff. But if you're a, a freshman coming in watching this, like right. you got better, you've probably got better stuff to do. Yeah, so no, I
0: mean. I don't know. I, I think I think this is going to be an interesting game. Uh, the game against Georgia Southern is always a tight one. I mean, last year, you look at last year's game, I think we were a 17-point favorite, and we had to win it on a walk-off field goal.
1: But but that well let's just move on. We can talk about all this like when that that preview comes up. I I've got more like thoughts on that. So okay. just yeah. let's just move to the next uh, game on Saturday.
0: The Saturday games opened up with 16th ranked Coastal Carolina barely escaping Buffalo, 28 to 25. Uh, Grayson McCall had another great game like he usually does. 13 of 19, 232 yards, three touchdowns and a pick. Uh, Shamari Jones, the running back for Coastal, sixteen carries, one hundred and forty nine yards, and a score. I mean, I, I didn't watch much of this game, but I did see late in the game when Buffalo had the opportunity to to rip it away from Georgia Southern. I mean, to, from Coastal Coastal me. Carolina, yeah. yeah. And man, I'll, I'll,
1: I so so i i I think this is a weird game because. Coastal played a game like this against Troy last year where they should not have, it should not have been as close as it was. And it literally took them until the end of the game to finally kind of pull away. But the weird thing about this game is like, I would say it's a look ahead to whoever Coastal plays next week, but then I just look up Coastal schedule. They play probably the worst FBS team in UMass. So like, Maybe Buffalo is solid, but maybe Coastal just, like, didn't give them their best shot. I, I, don't, I don't keep up with Buffalo, so I don't really know, like, right. what I was supposed to expect from Buffalo. Like, the only thing I knew about Buffalo is they had that crazy running back last year that had, like, seven touchdowns yeah, in a game. Patterson. But, yeah. I mean, I, I feel like they just didn't show up and they weren't firing on all cylinders. And, like, that was kind of the reason for it.
0: Yeah, and, you know, that kind of seems to be Coastal's, Coastal's mindset for the year. They, they just kind of, if you look at their first couple of games, they just kind of seem to squeak by their opponents, and I just think that they're going to continue to do that uh, going down the stretch. App State dominant over Elon, 44-10. to 10. Uh, Another great performance by Chase Bryce, 19 of 25, 293 yards, and a touchdown. Cam Peoples 11 carries 80 yards 2 scores. You know, this was a game where it seemed like Elon could do absolutely nothing and App State just did whatever they wanted to do. I mean, if you look at the if you look at the ways App scored, you know, 47-yard pass from Chase Bryce to Malik Williams, two field goals, a touchdown run by Chase Bryce, touchdown run by Cameron Peoples, another touchdown run by Cameron Peoples. And then you had at the last minute, you had an eight yard touchdown run by Anderson Castle to just really put the game away. And I mean, I mean, what more can you say? App State seems to be right back where they used to be.
1: Yeah. I mean, it's been seven years since uh, Georgia Southern and App moved up to the FBS as a package. They used to, we used to both have to play Elon all the time as a SOCON team. And it just shows like, I mean, seven years in college football seems like forever, but it's really not that long. Like, you know, you know, within the grand scheme of things, like the sport's been around a long time, but it just shows like the difference in talent level and recruiting and scholarships and all that kind of stuff between a team that used to play in the SoCon. And I'm not saying that either one of these teams like used to play close with Elon, but it just shows like how different the talent level is between these two teams now. So it's like, You know, you, you mentioned it, but it's like Corey Sutton and Malik Williams each had over 120 yards receiving. Like, that's crazy. And I mean, their defense, we knew their defense was great. So it's no surprise they were able to hold Elon to 10 points in this one. Um, Like you said, I mean, the biggest surprise for me thus far, and I don't, I don't want to keep saying this every week is, is how Chase Bryce has kind of fit into this offense. And I've been very impressed with, with how he's played thus far. Now, we'll see what happens when they start getting into kind of the meat of their schedule a little bit, but, I mean, thus far, two thumbs up, you know?
0: Yeah, no, for sure. Chase Bryce has been very, very impressive for the Mountaineers through their first three games. Here's a game that you're probably not looking forward to talking about. Uh, number 20, Arkansas, dominates Georgia Southern 45-10 to 10 in Fayetteville, uh, you know, KJ Jefferson, thirteen of twenty three, three hundred sixty six yards, three touchdowns. Uh, Burks was their leading receiver, three catches, one hundred twenty seven yards and a score. You know, other than the seventy six yard touchdown run by Justin Tomlin in the second quarter, what what went what went right for for Georgia Southern?
1: Well, I think the, the one plus, I guess, that you could take away from this game is uh, it opened in probably the worst way possible. Like Arkansas jumped up to a 14-0 lead, you know, in the first quarter, and they could have easily just rolled over and quit. Now, they rolled over and quit later in the game, but in the first half, when it was still within striking distance, right. you know, they, they had that big run by Tomlin. Uh, I'm fairly sure it was like a missed defensive assignment by one of the Arkansas defenders, but you know, he was able to take it for a score and then they come, they come down and it's 24 to seven. They kick a field goal as time expires in the second quarter. It's 24 to 10. At that point, that game is not completely out of control. You know what I mean? I mean, it's a two touchdown deficit against a ranked SEC team on the road. Now they could not do anything offensively outside of that I, I'll say this outside of that one Tomlin run like at halftime they had like 108 total yards and 76 of it came on that one play so I I think it it's just like it just shows the talent level difference between these two teams right. and I, I mean I don't think I'm saying anything anyone doesn't know by saying this isn't the most talented Georgia Southern team that I've seen, like. If anything, I'd probably say it's one of the least talented I've seen in like about a decade. So, I mean, yeah, I'm not surprised that a that a ranked Arkansas team that just beat Texas came out and was able to do this.
0: Right. We'll quickly run through the rest of the conference. Washington defeats Arkansas State fifty-two to three. Georgia State. Hamels. Can I just say, hold on, real quick
1: about the Arkansas State game. I could. I was so surprised by the way this game played out. I know Washington's pissed because the first two games of the season they dropped to an FCS school in Week One, Montana, and then they played Michigan in in primetime and lost. But fifty two to three, fifty two to three, with a team that throws the ball as much as Arkansas State oh, does, yeah. <laughs> unreal. But anyway, go ahead. Sorry,
0: Georgia State defeats Charlotte twenty to nine. Troy overcomes Southern Miss twenty-one to nine. Incarnate Word squeaks by the Bobcats of Texas State forty-two to thirty-four. Oh God!
1: Incarnate Word, come on, man! Like Texas State, come yeah, things, on, man.
0: Th- things aren't going right in San Marcos.
1: <laughs> Texas State, come on, man! And then the next game, you know, you were about to list it. UL Monroe came very close to losing to an Mon- HBCU led by oh, Deion Sanders.
0: Monroe almost lost to Coach Prime.
1: Yeah.
0: Oh my God. And you know,
1: seven to three for like the majority of this game.
0: You know, I ended up making other plans this past Saturday, but I live about three hours from Monroe and I contemplated heavily driving up to Monroe just to say that I watched a game coached by Deion Sanders.
1: I'm telling you, man, like, I, like, I'm I'm actually, like, I don't follow HBCUs, obviously, because they're so hard to even, like, pull up information on. Like, right. the the information's so, few like, sparse. But from what I understand, I mean, he's been a really good coach for that program at the level they play and then, at. And, and then
0: his son's his quarterback.
1: Yeah. So and, I mean, and I mean like, they, ha, when's the last... We know UL Monroe's not a good team, right? Like, we, like we, we all understand that. However, when's the last time an HBCU played, like stride for stride with an FBS team like Oh this. it's
0: it's been a while. Um yeah. the last one that I can remember was UL and Grambling uh mm-hmm. Bill, Billy Napier's first year in 2018. It was 51-48. Wow. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> That's that crazy. that was a shootout of a game. That was Billy Napier's first game at as, as a as the head coach for UL. And uh that was an absolute shootout.
1: Can I, just really quickly, like, I know we're going out of order. Can I go back and just talk, like, one minute about the Georgia State-Charlotte yeah. uh, game? I was really surprised that, uh, that Quad Brown, what, did he lose the job? Like, I, I can't, I didn't exactly find, like, an update on what happened, but Darren Granger came in and played A good okay. Day. I mean, I, I just i don't know like it's weird does it does it feel like the panther i mean i don't if he was injured you can go ahead and disregard everything about i was about to say
0: quad didn't play at all
1: yeah and i can't remember if he was like hurt or like what the deal was but uh yeah like have they gone ahead and like turned the page on him like as a quarterback like like he must, something, something else must have happened. Right.
0: Right. No, there, there's like a no COVID way protocol
1: or like an injury or something.
0: There, There's no way that they just gave up on the kid. Yeah. Let me, let me see. I got to, I'm gonna find it.
1: Well, anyway, while you're doing that, I'm going to uh, finish up. Just going over these games, uh, South Alabama, another, uh, HBCU running stride for stride with an FBS team, Alcorn state Steve McNair's old, uh, Alma Mater uh 2821 South Alabama has to to put together a big third quarter rally uh to overcome a 14-7 halftime deficit. So Alcorn State pulling pulling it you know very close with with South Alabama. Not a great look as far as my preseason prediction that they were a team to watch when they're beating an HPCU by seven points at home in week four or week three.
0: (laughs) So from what I can tell on social media, he was dressed and he was a coin flip captain last Saturday.
1: Oh, okay. And then
0: on, and then on their depth chart for their game this Saturday with Auburn, he's listed as the second string quarterback.
1: So they have kind of turned the page on it. Then.
0: Yeah, they they've gone. They've turned the program over to Darren Granger. Apparently,
1: I mean, I know they've not looked good the first couple of weeks, but part of that is, I think was like level of competition. Now, I, I don't. I think they could start the the guy selling hot dogs in the fourth row against Auburn, and it's not going to matter very much. But, um, yeah, that's that's pretty surprising.
0: Yeah, that's very interesting. Um. Let's see. Did we did we finish? Yeah, you talked about Alcorn State, South Alabama. Uh, yep. So we'll we'll move on to week four now. Tomorrow night, Thursday, September twenty third, Marshall and App State from Kid Brewer Stadium in Boone. App is a seven point favorite. Brian, who you got?
1: I think I'm going to take App in this one. Um,
0: I think that's a good call.
1: I, I'm looking at the the teams that. Okay, so App beat east carolina earlier this season yeah uh was a good game and east carolina just beat marshall by four points okay so i'm gonna use the common opponent denominator and also say that app is upset that marshall was able to yeah but but app was also upset that marshall beat them last season so i think they they get their win back and i think if Marshall keeps playing like they against East Carolina. It's going to get ugly.
0: Well, a lot of people beat App last year, so <laughs> I mean they they only lost three games, but I mean that's that's a lot for App. They don't it really-
1: is, but I mean, it, you know, it, it, the Marshall game was weird. It was like ten to seven was the final, or something yeah. weird like that. Like you neither know, team moved the ball. Them. Yeah, and I think this year, I think App kind of takes their win back i think i would take the points with app here i actually think this is going to be like a 21 point win or something like that really at home at night on a thursday in boone against a team that just beat you last year yeah grant wells hasn't looked great he's kind of not been very good since last year when everybody was kind of impressed with him as a freshman early in the season right so I, i think i'll take app it's you know big in this one,
0: and we'll go to Saturday now, and I'll go down the list from bottom up to the top. Uh, Seven o'clock kickoff Saturday night in Monroe. Troy ULM. Troy is a twenty-four point favorite on the road,
1: and I don't think the spread's big enough. <laughs> oh, God. I mean, they, we're talking about a team that oh, just played a, a team that just played neck and neck with an HBCU.
0: They are a twenty-four now, point favorite, and the over/under is fifty.
1: I think I take Troy in the over. I think Troy might hit the over by themselves.
0: You, I mean, you let's think, you think like, Troy scoring fifty? Maybe. You know, I, I mean, mean uh, it, 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 it wouldn't. It, it wouldn't surprise me. Yeah, like
1: uh, okay, Ewell Monroe's played two games this year. They just allowed forty-five to Kentucky in game one. I'm not saying Troy's Kentucky, but I would maybe venture a, a guess that like.
0: Troy's similar. offense.
1: Troy's offense might be more explosive than Kentucky's.
0: Yeah,
1: I mean, as far as like the way that they call games, like they want to score 100 points and throw the ball every down. So, right, right. Uh, UL Monroe, I think is they're standing on the tracks and a freight train's coming. Like I, yeah, <laughs> I is. just unless Troy just no shows this game, like I don't, I don't see a way that Ewell Monroe even keeps it close.
0: I mean I don't disagree. I I think it I think it's Troy by a by a wide margin just cuz I don't like ULM, but also because I, I think Troy I mean is, I
1: feel the same way about that Coastal UMass spread. Like UMass is the worst FBS team. Yeah. And and it's 36 and I'm like
0: Coastal's Coastal's going to have to change their scoreboard out after this game.
1: Yeah, like what if Coastal hits I mean Coastal could hit 60 in that game.
0: Oh, they might hit 70. Yeah. They I might be seventy.
1: I don't think I don't. I don't think these spreads are are far enough apart. Like I think there's going to be a lot of favorite betting this right. weekend, especially on these games. So,
0: Arkansas State and Tulsa, four o'clock kickoff from Tulsa, Oklahoma. The O and three Golden Hurricanes are a thirteen and a half point favorite at home. Weird. I'm taking the red. I'm taking the red wolves.
1: I'm taking the red wolves. I'll take the 13 and, a half and just cross my fingers and hope that they can. Right. <laughs> that they can keep it close. I'm, I'll, I'm gonna. I'm gonna pull up Tulsa's schedule. So yeah, who, who are their Tulsa losses? played Oklahoma State and Ohio State the last two weeks? Oof. They actually kept it fairly close with Oklahoma State. It was 28-23 was the final to that one. Oh, okay. Um, and who was their other loss? They lost to UC Davis at home week one. Yikes. Yeah, 13 and a half, okay, give it
0: yeah. to me. I'm taking the Red Wolves, for sure. Yeah,
1: give it to me. For sure.
0: <laughs> On the Plains in Auburn, number 23 Auburn hosting Georgia State. And you
1: catch a pissed-off Auburn coming off of a loss in Happy Valley Auburn with, uh, with a quarterback at Georgia State that's making his, what,
0: second start? Right, Auburn minus 27. <laughs>
1: <laughs> give it to
0: me give only it to thing, me
1: the only thing that you have to be afraid of in a game like this though is that Auburn goes up like 28 to nothing right. and then they just put the backups in and run the ball every down and Georgia State like kicks a field goal and screws the spread right yeah that's <laughs> so, so oh, that man. like I've seen Alabama back in the,
0: the day like the bad when bets were,
1: when they were back in the like a strong strong defensive team do this where you're like Oh man, this spread is like twenty seven and then it's like Alabama wins twenty four to zero. And you're just like,
0: What? Yeah, that's the that's the Scott Van Pelt <laughs> bad beats. Yeah.
1: <laughs> yeah. Oh man. It's like it's like, yeah, they, they uh they didn't want to score in the second <laughs> half. They just took a knee on every possession. It's right, like great. Right.
0: Eastern Michigan, Texas State up in Michigan, East Michigan, a six and a half point favorite.
1: I can't pick a team that has no lost idea. Incarnate Word, man. Right, right. Uh, <laughs> I'm sorry, guys. Like, I'm gonna, wanted... I'm gonna
0: pick the Bobcats just based on the fact that I know nothing about Eastern Michigan.
1: I'm gonna take Eastern Michigan because I don't know anything about Eastern Michigan, and I do know about the Bobcats.
0: <laughs> oh, man. oh man, So
1: I'm gonna inverse you just because they lost the Incarnate Word last week. I mean, so,
0: that's a fair point. That's a fair point. Uh, A 12 o'clock noon kickoff on ESPN Plus, number 17, Coastal Carolina, hosting 0-3 UMass. Spread's not far enough apart. Coastal minus 36.
1: I'm taking Coastal in the over. Oh my god,
0: what is the over?
1: 65
0: and a half. 65 and a half, good god almighty. Yeah.
1: The, okay. Maybe I don't maybe you. not the over, but this is this is another one of those where you could get you could really get tripped up. Like Coastal could score fifty and allow none, and then have their third stringers in by the middle of the third quarter, and yeah. they don't score another point. So actually, just give me the thirty six. Like, I, yeah, I'd I'm I was about to say
0: I'm not I'm not touching the over under in that game.
1: I I would honestly be shocked if you mask unless scorers, to be totally un, honest unless
0: unless uh, Jamie Chadwell pulls a. Uh, Al Pacino and tells him to run it up.
1: Yeah. But, but I don't like, I, there's no value in doing that against a team like UMass though. It's not like it's a conference opponent where you're like, we're going to make a statement. It's like, yeah. I mean, like I think Georgia Southern played UMass like two years ago and we had one of our like typical, like slow starts and then we played UMass and the final score was like 52 to zero. And I was like, Oh, UMass is just that bad. Then, right, like, right.
0: I, I'm, yeah, I mean, it, it's like, not. It's not that we're good. They're just that bad.
1: Well, it's like you get a team that that starts slow against the, the worst FBS team in the universe, and then right. it's like
0: in the history of yeah, ever. That's a
1: get right game, right? Like, yeah, they everyone looks amazing against them.
0: And then the game that you and I have been waiting to talk about: five o'clock kickoff, ESPN Plus, Louisiana and Georgia Southern. From Paulson Stadium in Statesboro, UL is currently a fourteen-point favorite with an over/under of fifty-three and a half.
1: Um, I like UL uh, spread-wise. I think I think the final of this one's going to be like 35-17.
0: Yeah, um, you know, I'll I'll tell you this: I'll take the Cajuns, but I'm not touching that spread.
1: Yeah, I, I
0: just—I'm um, not. Th-
1: this season feels different as like a Georgia Southern fan. Like the the past two years when we've started slow, I've been like, "Shy Wirtz will so find a way to like pick it up, and like we'll look respectable by the time conference play starts." I don't feel confident in any of these quarterbacks, man. Right. To be totally honest with you, like I I feel like they're. They're on an island signaling SOS. Like they just need someone to do something, and it's just
0: after after the last couple games that we've played and our history against you guys. I'm taking the Cajuns and the under.
1: Okay. Well, the other thing, the other thing about about this game, and I know you said that like you don't like when they come to Paulson, is like Lunsford's zero and three against Louisiana since he's become the coach. Right. He's never beaten them. And I I think Louisiana never lost in Paulson.
0: I don't think we have either. It's just a nerve wracking environment.
1: But but I mean, like I said, like there's no guarantee that this place. I, I mean, if we were two and one, and didn't like completely crap the bed against FAU, I think that there would be a lot more enthusiasm. Right. Right. We've scored. I, I want to put this in perspective for everyone listening who doesn't like keep up with the program as closely as I do. The last two games, we scored a combined sixteen points, right? Against FAU and Arkansas. Okay, when Mercer played Alabama, they scored fourteen. I just want to let that like sink in.
0: Yeah yeah like we've that's pretty barely bad.
1: scored we've barely scored more in our two last two games combined than mercer when they played number one alabama
0: may i may I rub salt on the wound so i mean you
1: can't you it's like can you kick a dead person does it hurt <laughs> the dead person no like a'm dead who cares
0: <laughs> so living in Louisiana I'm a saints fan you you're a Falcons fan nope no you're not a Falcons fan I'm a patriots fan you're a patriots fan you're right you're right Okay, do you, do you have any... For the Falcons fans. Do you have any respect for the Falcons? Or No, no not okay. after that Super Bowl. Okay, cool. <laughs> so, it, it's a meme I found, and it's Matt Ryan's leading receivers this season. Mike Edwards has two touchdowns. Calvin Ridley has one touchdown. And Is Mike Cordero, Edwards a real person? Cordero Patterson has one touchdown. Okay. In case you were wondering, Mike Edwards... Oh, is it safety for the is, Buccaneers? Is it safety for the Buccaneers? Jesus. <laughs> and so as as Saints fans, I mean, I just... I, I love any time the Falcons get roasted.
1: Yeah. So I I talked about this with you before we started the show.
0: Yeah, let's play uh, the game.
1: I, I, I wanted to do a thought exercise really fast on the, on the heels because both of our teams are playing, and I just wanted to throw this out there. So you don't have to close your eyes, but like metaphorically, uh, picture, a co- picture, yeah, close your eyes, picture a coach in your head. And I'm yeah. going to describe this coach. and You're going to tell me who I'm talking about, right? Yeah. Okay. Uh, this coach started as an interim coach was eventually promoted to full time. Uh, he took over a team that had a competitive fan base, uh, with a history of success. Uh, when I say competitive fan base, I mean, You know, rabid, like really want to win things like things of that nature. Okay. Uh, You know, he he beat uh, some of his rivals for a a little while. Eventually the rivals started catching up, you know, eventually made some headway and got better than this team. Uh, He had a few uh, successful seasons off the, off the top, had a double digit win season in there. You know, things were going well for a while. The last few seasons, a little shaky, uh, uh, good but not great. And uh, then opened this season, 2021, uh, with with uh, an embarrassing loss. Tell me what coach I'm talking about.
0: Are you talking about Chad Lunsford? No, I'm talking
1: about Clay Hilton, uh, who just oh. got fired from the USC job. And he and Chad Lunsford have the exact same resume thus far. Oof. So I just wanted to throw that out there and kind of let everybody know where we're at.
0: (laughs) Good old Clay Helton. Yeah.
1: So what's Clay Helton doing nowadays? Um, And That's where I think we're kind of headed. If the first three games are any indication
0: to be, to be honest with you, what I think Clay Helton's doing is he's probably getting ready to be a coordinator in the NFL.
1: No, I think he's about to be an analyst at
0: Alabama. Oh, I mean, Hey, that seems to work out for people.
1: But I, I mean, I know it's not a one-to-one comparison because obviously USC and Georgia Southern are two extremely different jobs. But I think it's just kind of a through line to be like, y- you have all of these things working for and against you at the same time. Right. And if they just keep... I, I said before the season, I didn't care if the wins weren't there, but they had to show progress as the season moved along. Well, for sure. And they've looked so bad to start that if this keeps up, like he may not have a job through the end of November or through you, you the, think, through you the think end they of
0: fire him mid season.
1: If they keep playing like they have, there's no reason to keep him around. Like he's out. At, oh. he, it's like, you might as well go ahead and get the coaching uh, search started. Wow. I, I mean, I, I can't quite put into words how bad they've been. they won. It took a defensive stand against an FCS team in week one to beat Gardner Webb. They lost by what? 32 points on the road against FAU, a team they beat last right. season by two touchdowns. And then they get stomped by Arkansas, but I've kind of thrown that game out. Cause I don't really, I don't hold that against them, but, and now they play what the second, first second third depending on where the season shakes out best team in the conference to open conference play I mean okay if, if they lose by the margin that I'm I'm saying 35 17 it's an 18 point loss like yeah what what what's the point anymore right like, what's the point of just keep do we just keep them around just to just for just, appearances just
0: to they keep them right
1: so I'm I'm like if if they keep if they don't look competitive, like they might as well just go ahead and fire them and get the coaching search started early, because wow, we're not playing for anything this year. So it's like we're not even going to make a bowl game if they keep playing like this.
0: Right. Right.
1: Yeah. So, I'm, see, I'm, I mean, the over/under for win total before the season started with Vegas was four and a half. It is like been, that should let you know.
0: It's been a while since I've had to experience this. We, we've, we've, you know, I, I remember. Going through the last couple of years of Hudspeth where it was just kind of a, we knew it was coming. It was a wait and see type of thing. Um, and man, that last year, the last three games, it was actually Levi Lewis's freshman year. We had red shirted him because we had a quarterback that we liked and we figured we could save Levi for the future. And I remember Mark Hudspeth burned his, burned Levi's red shirt with three games left in the year. To try and save his job, and by that point he had already lost the locker room. He'd lost the fan base. Like it was just, we were basically doing him a courtesy by not firing him mid-season.
1: I, I'm a little afraid with the new red shirt rules. I think it's what you get to play in up you get to four games. Yeah. Okay, I'm a little afraid that that's going to happen, and we're going to lose a year of eligibility with Cam Ransom. Um, just. To save like a guy's job, who's right. probably not going to be around, I, probably anymore.
0: halfway like, out the door already, right?
1: Yeah, I mean, it, it just—I don't know, man. I just get the vibe that like everyone's kind of just done with it at this point. Yeah, like it, it's like the, he won ten games three years ago. They've they've kind of been middling since, but the talent on the team at those two those last two years has been good enough to kind of push them over the edge and like make a bowl game one, one lost one. I mean, right, right. but this year, I mean, it's the, is it not the job of a coach to like replenish the roster and like recruit no, and totally, all that? Totally. Okay. Is. Well, they haven't done any of that. They kind of sat back and were just hoping the same guys from last year. Right. And they knew who was leaving. We're just going to come save them. And it's like, why would you pin all your hopes on a, a quarterback? That's never started a game where Shai Wertz wasn't injured, right? Right. So, yeah, I mean, I mean it is what it is. Like, I, I've just not, I've not been impressed with this team like at any point this season. So,
0: yeah, I, I mean, I, I don't, I don't disagree with you. I, yeah. don't, I don't think the Georgia Southern's been very impressive either. Um, but I, I also think that Georgia Southern's consistently been one of those programs where once conference heats up and gets going. I think I think you might see some improvement from them a little bit, but I don't know. It, that's the but it,
1: the the difference with that, though, has been the last couple of years. They've had some strong like senior and like upper class leaders. It's like, I don't know who the and leaders you're not. You're not seeing anymore.
0: that. this year, right.
1: Well, it's like our leader is either a, a running back that's still recovering from ACL surgery four weeks into the season from last year who can't play because it keeps getting like flaming up and like he can't run right or or it's a quarterback that is starting his first season in Statesboro and has not really been all that successful in the games that he's played in right those are your two like upper class leaders and I'm like oh, no wonder this team looks like so disjointed like
0: well <laughs> no, like, for, sure. for sure the whole
1: running back room is like brand new except for like Logan Wright so it's like
0: no for sure logan wright and jd king who like you said he's he's still recovering right
1: yeah so i mean he's what no offense to him i mean he's not played yet right so how how much leading on the field can you do when you can't get on the field
0: no for sure definitely going to get interesting as we we head down into october brian before we go man tell everybody where they can find you on social media
1: yeah you can find me on twitter at Watch the
0: Stone. You can find me on Twitter at Migazmat both M's capitalized. Stay tuned for this episode as well as our preview articles. And next week we will come back to recap week four and preview week five. Brian, appreciate you joining me as always, man. And uh, looking forward to a, to a good competition, a good game between both of our schools, man. Let's hope so. <laughs> This has been another edition of the Underdog Dynasty Sunbelt Podcast.